Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. The good news, California is reducing its emissions that contribute to climate change. The bad news, it's happening way too slowly. The state isn't on track to meet its goal of reducing those emissions by 40% by the year 2030. KQED climate reporter Laura Clivens has the details of a new report. California had its second largest drop in emissions in a decade, just prior to the pandemic lockdowns. Total greenhouse gas emissions dropped by 1.6 percent between 2018 and 2019, according to new research from Next 10, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization. Noel Perry is Next 10's founder. To meet our 2030 climate targets, we have to reduce emissions by about 4.3 percent annually between now and 2030. So we have a very significant challenge in front of us. That number is about three times more than our current emissions cuts. The report showed renewable energy growth in California has slowed recently. And as the economy ramped back up post-lockdown, the state added more gas power capacity than any other source. But there were bright spots, too. High concentrations of jobs in renewable energy compared to other states, largely in solar, and significant emissions reductions from heavy-duty trucks. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. Starting tomorrow, Californians everywhere in the state will once again have to wear masks indoors at all public places, regardless of their vaccination status. It's a response to a recent spike in COVID cases and public health officials trying to get a handle on the fast-moving Omicron variant. With more, here's KQED health correspondent April Domboski. Since Thanksgiving, California has seen a 47 percent increase in COVID case rates. Counties in rural parts of the state that have lower vaccination rates are getting hit harder than L.A. and the Bay Area. State Health and Human Services Secretary Dr. Mark Galley says California needs to act now before hospitals get overwhelmed. We know people are tired and hungry for normalcy. Frankly, I am, too. That said, this is a critical time where we have a tool that we know has worked and can work. Galley says about half of Californians live in counties that have their own mask mandates already. This new statewide rule will cover the other half. For the California Report, I'm April Dimboski. Along with the mask mandate, the new health order also has new rules for indoor mega events. Those are gatherings of more than 10,000 people. Before, guests were allowed to show a recent negative COVID-19 test result that was as much as 72 hours old. Now, those in attendance will have to show a more recent negative test within two days if it's a PCR test or one day if it's a rapid antigen test. The state is also recommending but not requiring that masks be worn at large outdoor gatherings of more than 10,000 people, such as concerts and sporting events. And state health officials are recommending that anyone who is returning or traveling to California from out of state get tested for COVID-19 within three to five days of their arrival. 
California would no longer be allowed to expand freeways in underserved communities that are already suffering from the negative health effects of freeways. That's the goal of State Assemblywoman Christina Garcia of Bell Gardens and legislation she plans to introduce early next year. From L.A., KCRW's Tara Atrian explains. Under the proposed bill, California would be barred from funding or backing highway projects in impoverished areas with high pollution. Assemblywoman Garcia says there's significant evidence that freeway construction causes racial and health disparities. On top of that, research illustrates widening freeways doesn't actually do its job of successfully resolving traffic congestion. The Bell Garden leader's plan was motivated by a recent LA Times investigation, which found that more than 200,000 people nationwide have been displaced by federal road projects over the last three decades. Black and Latino residents are disproportionately proportionally impacted in those efforts. Meanwhile, Garcia's bill may not be the only legislation focused on equity and highway construction headed for the California legislature. State Senator Sidney Kamlager of Los Angeles is reportedly considering introducing a bill that could further recoup people who have been displaced by freeways and beautify neighborhoods that have been carved up because of them. For the California Report, I'm Tara Atrion in Los Angeles. The leading cause of death for black Californians is homicide and African-Americans tend to live seven fewer years than the average state resident. That's according to a new report from Measure of America, a nonprofit focused on social science research. KQED's Leslie McClurg has more on the drastic health disparities playing out across the Golden State. The statistics are not only heartbreaking for Black Californians. Life expectancy for Native Americans has dropped more than any group in recent years. For perspective, they die 16 years earlier than the average Asian resident. This very fundamental thing, how many years we have to live on this earth. Laura Laterman is the chief statistician for Measure America. She says lots of factors play into life expectancy. The environment that you're living in, your access to parks and outdoor space, the air that you're breathing, but also access to health care and the types of jobs that people are working, stress levels. The neighborhoods in California with the lowest life expectancy usually have more Black and Latino residents, which underscores how residential segregation leads to lower health outcomes. For The California Report, I'm Leslie McClurg. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. In El Dorado County, prosecutors allege a father and son started this past summer's devastating Caldor fire using a firearm. Cap Radio Scott Rod reports. Witnesses heard several gunshots after David Scott Smith and his son Travis Shane Smith entered a heavily wooded area 
That's according to the El Dorado County District Attorney's Office. Prosecutors claim the two men fired the shots and bear responsibility for starting the blaze. The district attorney sought $1 million bail for each suspect, but a judge has reduced it significantly. David Smith is being held on $25,000 bail, Travis Smith on $50,000 bail. Defense attorney Linda Parisi says they are not a flight risk. No prior criminal record, productive members of society. This is their community, their home. The Caldor fire burned over 220,000 acres and destroyed over 1,000 structures. For the California Report, I'm Scott Rod in El Dorado County. The giant forest at Sequoia National Park is finally open to the public, nearly three months after it was forced to close due to the KNP complex fire. The park reopened this past weekend on a limited basis. Park officials say the giant forest will initially be open four days a week from 8 a.m. till sunset. Then the park will be open seven days a week between Christmas and New Year's Day. But some trails in the park remain closed due to fire damage. Some areas are also not accessible by car. The KNP complex fire burned more than 88,000 acres after igniting in September, mostly within Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks. People who have a pet dog will probably agree that animals can really help with their mental health. A nonprofit in the Antelope Valley north of Los Angeles goes a little bigger with the idea. Think wolf-sized. KPCC's Robert Garova reports. Right now, there are 33 wolves at the Wolf Connection Ranch in Palmdale. The nonprofit provides what it calls wolf-based therapy to firefighters, veterans, formerly incarcerated people, and youth who are struggling in school. Clients spend time with a wolf, always accompanied by a handler. The idea is that by learning the animal's story and about the dynamics of a pack, the humans can learn to deal with their own traumas and pick up new social skills. Wolf Connection founder Teo Alfaro says his group conducted a study with Claremont Graduate University of kids who were cycling in and out of school expulsions. 100% of the kids that came to Wolf Connection over a 10-year period never got expelled again. Thanks to $2 million in private gifts, Wolf Connection will double the size of its pack and expand its programs. For The California Report, I'm Robert Garova in Los Angeles. Feeling lucky? Well, let's turn to gambling in the Golden State. California isn't Vegas or Reno or Atlantic City, but there are still plenty of places and ways to legally make a bet here. Tribal casinos, card clubs, racetracks, and of course the now more than three decade old California lottery. Have you seen the current Powerball jackpot? Wow, here's how to play. But with the exception of horse racing, you still can't legally wager on sports in California. Whether that sport is played on the gridiron. Touchdown LA, 79 yards. The back nine. 210 yards with a hybrid. Two bounces and in for the one. Or the ballpark. Driven to center field. But legal sports betting could soon become a reality in California, and it's all because of a landmark court ruling made back in 2018. Breaking news to Supreme Court this morning, striking down the federal ban on sports betting. Now it leaves it up to the states. Our Jessica Since that Supreme Court decision, more than two dozen states have started some form of legalized sports gambling, with many celebrities like actor Jamie Foxx serving as pitchmen for different sports betting, also called sports book companies. You want to make every game interesting? Step one, 
open the BetMGM Sportsbook. Step two, put some skin in the game. And step three, showtime. Now the gambling industry has its attention squarely focused on California, and it's trying to use the state's ballot initiative process to make sports betting legal here next year. But there are rival factions in the industry, each backing its own legalization proposal. They include tribal casinos and racetracks, card clubs, and such popular fantasy sports sites as FanDuel and DraftKings. One proposal, which is already qualified for the ballot, would require in-person wagering at reservation casinos and racetracks. Others, like one bankrolled by the sports sites, would legalize mobile betting, letting people place their wagers using their smartphones. Download the app, sign up with the promo code, and make it rain. Industry watchers say they don't know which proposal will finally prevail, but they have little doubt that it won't be long until legal sports gambling is a reality in California. Oh, sure. It's not only coming, it's going to be coming pretty soon. That's I. Nelson Rose, a professor emeritus at Whittier College and an expert on gambling law and public policy. Rose says California is just too lucrative of a market for the sports gambling industry to ignore. The estimate for California is that it could be 20 or 30 billion dollars in wagers a year. To cultivate public and political support for sports betting, all of the gambling interests bankrolling different proposals are promising a tax revenue windfall for the state that they say will be used to fund social programs. For us, it's all about homelessness dollars. That's Long Beach Mayor Robert Garcia. He's joined the mayors of Oakland, Sacramento, and Fresno to support one sports betting proposal that promises to use profits to help the state's unhoused. When we heard that uh, this initiative was looking at putting dollars into homelessness ongoing for services and that cities would get substantial uh, revenue, I think a lot of the mayors were like very interested in this. That's what matters to you. 100%. That's the game changer for cities. But some gambling industry analysts like I. Nelson Rose advocate caution. They say legalized sports betting could also create problems like fueling gambling addiction, especially if easy-to-use mobile wagering becomes legal in the state. Personally, I think that gambling has a lot of risk factors for a lot of people, and I would like to see it more difficult to make a wager as opposed to it getting easier and easier. I think there were a lot less problems for society when you had a drive across the desert to Las Vegas. With no irony, the gambling industry says revenue from California sports betting operations could also be used to fund gambling addiction programs in the state. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, December 14th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash Adapting Care. Paint Care, now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at PaintCare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together.
on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Hey, John Favreau here. There's no shortage of political takes in 2024, but quantity doesn't cut it. We need a better conversation about the latest biggest election of our lives. On Pod Save America, me and my co-host cut through the noise to help you figure out what matters and how you can help. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, Pod Save America is breaking down the political news that makes us laugh, cry, and snap our laptops in half. Expensive year for laptops. Make sure to check out new episodes of Pod Save America on your favorite podcast platform or our YouTube channel now.